The Start On Demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Halloween Hangover edition of the podcast for The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And Greg Mackling is in Finland. Winnipeg Jets play this afternoon against the Florida Panthers for the first of two games in the Global Series. So we're going to hear from Greg. He is getting excited for this hockey game. We're also going to hear a conversation Greg had with a hockey fan, a Winnipeg Jets fan, from England, who made the trip over to Finland to see the game, to see the team that he has adopted as his own. We're also going to have coffee and talk about what would you travel to see, or have you ever traveled to see something, be it a sports event, be it a concert, be it whatever, what would you travel to see, like many Winnipeggers have traveled to Finland to see hockey. It's Greg's first transatlantic trip. It was hockey that got him over there. We're also going to talk about distracted driving, as today is the first day the stiffer penalties have taken effect. So we'll speak with Len Easto from Traffic Ticket Experts and answer some of your questions. There are so many questions to ask. We don't have time to ask him all of the questions, but we'll get as many answers as we can. Then we'll have a discussion about distracted driving and why it doesn't matter what the penalties are. You just got to put that phone down. Churchill, its first train has arrived since last year after the tracks were damaged by spring flooding. It's taken well over a year to get those tracks fixed, and they're finally fixed, and the train has arrived. Prime Minister is actually in Churchill today. And World Vegan Day is today. We'll hear from a Winnipegger who wants to bring the first fast food vegan restaurant to Winnipeg. She's launching a Kickstarter campaign, so all those details coming up in today's podcast. Coming up this afternoon, hopefully this is a sound Winnipeg hockey fans will be hearing. No idea what he's saying, but that's a Finnish commentator after Patrick Laine scored a goal on Colorado. And Greg Mackling is in Helsinki. Mr. Macklin, good morning, or good afternoon to you. It is. It's good afternoon. I'm on the Kalevanka Tool, right in the middle of downtown. The streetcars that I've been raving about on Twitter all week so far are passing me by. I saw the story about Churchill this morning, and I got excited. I know what the trains are doing for me here on this trip. I can only imagine what the folks in Churchill are feeling uh, this morning with the arrival of a train after a year and a half. Very exciting, very exciting here, you guys. Uh, this game is everywhere today. It's all over the front pages of the newspaper. Any TVs that you see are tuned into NHL Network. And uh, it's Panthers, Jets, mostly Jets, and mostly all about Patrick Laine. Well, I saw you tweet out some headlines this morning, Greg. I have no idea what the headline or the translation was, but they all had Patrick Laine's picture, so you mentioned that sort of furor around him. Do you, do you see a lot of Finnish fans even wearing Jets jerseys or having Patrick Laine gear? Well, yesterday, of course, they had the open practice when I spoke to you, and so there were all sorts of uh, Jets jerseys, and in particular, Patrick Laine. You don't see it around a lot. You don't see... I'll be honest with you, a whole lot of logoed merchandise. 
when you're walking around in the downtown people have coats on so you don't know maybe what they have on underneath but uh it's a much nicer day here today. We're actually seeing the sunshine here for the last, first time in a few days. So, but no, you can you can sense the excitement about this. People think this is a very, very big deal to have this, and I, I think the the crowd they're anticipating the crowd will be decidedly in favor of the Jets tonight. Now, Greg, I know that you have met up there with a large number of Winnipeg uh, Winnipeggers or people with ties to Winnipeg, but have you just bumped into at random other Winnipeggers? Because I know there are a lot of Winnipeggers who have traveled to Finland. Just last night, I was at Maggie Malone's having some beers with some Winnipeggers, and uh, including Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Sun, and uh, somebody walked in and just started asking if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> some some guys that I know from uh, Jackie's work and sure enough I was there and uh, we had Go Jets Go chants going in the bar last night it was a whole lot of fun I'm going to send you some audio of that a little bit later and uh, I know by now you've read the story of uh, of Ben Gray from England who's never been to an NHL game picked the Jets as his favorite team seven years ago and we interviewed him in the bar last night and he is so thrilled to be here and he knows his stuff. I quizzed him on a few things and he's not just a, a fan by name. He, he knows all the players. He gets up in the middle of the night to watch the games. He's converted some of his fans, friends to be Jets fans, NHL fans at the very least. So uh, yeah, it's uh, everywhere you turn, uh, there's uh, either a Winnipegger or somebody who's talking about the game that's that's very excited about uh, tonight and tomorrow night. We're going to play some of that audio from Ben a little later in the show, Greg, but he traveled then from Finland to England. Was he able to bring any of his friends with me or did he just do this trip solo and doesn't care if he's there alone? No, he came with his brother Oliver from Newcastle. Uh, Oliver is a Boston Bruins fan, so we didn't have much time or use for him <laughs> last night. <laughs> we met uh, last night a Florida Panthers fan, didn't have much use for him either. And then some guy that was espousing the virtues of the Montreal Canadiens. And that just about got really ugly <laughs> because uh, one of the people that was with me last night, uh, you know him, Brett. Our old friend Matt Cardi yep. is a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and well, not that I thought it might come to blows last night, but we didn't want to take that chance. Yeah, Cardi, I forgot about his insufferable love of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, yeah. Matt Cardi, for those uh, that name might ring a bell to some of our listeners, he used to work here. He now works with our chorus affiliate in Guelph. So, Greg, I know you got media credentials. Which of the two games are you going as a fan, and as the other one as media? Well, I'm going to go to the, both games as media and just uh, soak it up and just try and translate it for everyone that wishes they were here and just send back uh, as much of the flavor as I can because I keep getting messages from people who wish they were here. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. And so uh, I bumped into somebody here who was dying for a ticket and uh, because I happened to secure one months and months ago, I've uh, decided to part with it. Of so course on. you did, Greg. You're so kind. That's great of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, at the so, end of the day, anyway. Greg, there's a there's a game tonight, and I know a lot of people have been talking about Patrick Liney and the excitement that's around him, but maybe the pressure yep. that might be there too for this game, because no, no doubt he wants, to, he wants to show his people how, how far he's come. 
Well, and here's the thing, Loren, he's not playing particularly well right now. Yesterday he was very hard on himself, was reading some articles, had someone translate it from Finnish, and uh, basically he's saying, you know, he's, he's whipping himself is the straight translation from Finnish. It's a saying here when you're basically beating yourself up and he's feeling as though he's not playing his best hockey right now. And so I, I think some of that may have been in anticipation of this trip. He wants to perform. He was asked about it yesterday in the media conference. He, yes, he wants to perform. He likes the spotlight. So maybe in the next 30 hours or so, Patrick Liney will get back to the old Patrick Liney. He's playing on the third line, at least as of practice this morning. That's who he was skating with, Brandon Tanev and Adam Lowry. Not where he's accustomed to being, that's for sure. So we'll see if he can get a couple of goals tonight. It uh, may turn his entire season around. Greg Mackling joining us live from Finland. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy the game. That's got to be, it's going to be a fun experience. Winnipeg Jets in Finland. Yeah, 8,220 days after the Winnipeg Jets left Winnipeg April 28th of 1996. We've got a home game halfway around the world featuring the Winnipeg Jets, whoever would have called that. Do you have like a separate calendar where you count the, the, the number of days <laughs> since the Jets first left? Yeah, sort of like it's a Christmas calendar. It's on his watch calendar. or something like that. You know what, Greg? I, I love how much you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, but I'm a fan of you for hearing how you gave your ticket away and your enthusiasm you have for this game in Finland. Thank you so much. Well, oh, you bet you guys. I miss you. We miss you too. Okay, see you later, Greg. I, I would I would have kept the ticket. Yeah. I, would, I would have kept the ticket. Yeah, yeah, that's Greg. I, as soon as he started that story, I was like, "Oh, he gave his ticket away." Yeah, I yeah. knew it when he said, "I'm going to media as both or as to both games as media." I thought, "What is going on?" Hey, by the way, if you want to watch the game this afternoon, you can go do it at One Great City. It's just right over here on Ness at Madison Square, and you can while you're there, you can try the beer from our friends down the hall, the Power ninety seven oh, cool. Pale Ale. I've tried that, and just just the tap, the power, the the beer tap they've got for it is really neat. Really, it's a fancy microphone. Sold. Yeah, it's good beer. I've tried it, so you can do that. Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. Mackling's in Finland. We just heard from him, and we're going to hear some more from him throughout the morning on CJOB. But right now, since he is in Finland, he traveled there to watch the Winnipeg Jets. We wanted to have a conversation, have coffee, and talk about what would you travel to see or have you ever traveled to see anything? Uh, Kelly, I know you've traveled all over the place for your job. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting hearing Greg talk about that because I had the great privilege to go to the Jets uh, training camp in Helsinki oh, cool. back oh. in 94. So it's it's kind of, you know, and seeing all the different pictures and that, and of course it was nowhere near the atmosphere as far as the Winnipeg component is concerned. Uh, but, uh, yeah, kind of cool. And uh, just love the fact, as you mentioned, that he uh, gave away his tickets so that uh, somebody else could see the games. But uh, the the road trip was as long as it takes to fly to Helsinki. Uh, but uh, there was a concert that my wife and I absolutely had to see uh, back when we'd moved back to B.C. Uh, and uh, we uh, drove to Tacoma, which is about a six-and-a-half, seven-hour drive from Camels, where we were living, to see... Leon Womack as the lead act, Reba McIntyre, oh and then the king, George Strait. Oh, wow. wow. I thought you were going to say yeah. Elvis. <laughs> Don't you know who the king is, Kelly? Yes, I do. His name is George Strait. Okay. Oh, oh wow. wow. Well, the king of rock and roll is Elvis. <laughs> yes. So. Right. The king of country, yeah. which 
in my opinion, is the only music there is. Uh, yeah, so that oh, that's a bold them fighting. Well, that's just you. that's just yeah, that's my opinion. So, that's only my opinion. Was that a last minute decision or a, just a must do oh, plan? Oh no, well, this was a okay. yeah. This this was some time in the making for sure. Yeah, but it was a fabulous uh, show. We'll never forget. Mm. Yeah, Bron, would you travel to see anything? Yeah, I flew to Calgary to go watch uh, Bruce Springsteen. 15 years ago? The boss. Yeah, it was the same weekend that Mike Weir won the Masters. I remember because my friends and I were at a bowling alley in Calgary <laughs> watching it on TV <laughs> while we were bowling. And then Interesting that, choice. That <laughs> night was the, the Springsteen concert. It was awesome. Now, I, I was lucky because I had friends that lived in Calgary, so I had a place to stay or whatever and that sort of thing. So that was cool. But the next day at the airport, everybody at our gate to fly back to Winnipeg, we're all wearing our Springsteen T-shirts we bought at the show. And the gate right beside us was a flight to Edmonton where Bruce was going to be that night. And they all had their spring scene shirt. They were going to both concerts kind of thing. And we're all just going back to one like, why, why aren't we going to Edmonton to watch a second show? <laughs> we came all this way. We might as well just go to I was like, I was like, should I ask somebody if they want to just like rent a car and no go to Edmonton? Kidding, with me? Yeah. Portier, what would you do? You know what? Uh, Kyle Milroy on uh, What's Brewing, he said at the end of the show, he's talking about uh, taking a Greyhound bus and going down to Lollapalooza. Well, that's where I'd like to do. I'd like to go to a music festival. And I'd love to go to Lollapalooza. You know, it's... Uh, affordable it's uh it's not that far from here so that is where i'd like to go but i'd also like to go see other festivals like uh like i'd like love to go check out oktoberfest in uh germany oh cool, That'd be cool. Wow. I'd, I'd love to do that wow yeah well, yeah that's, there, a, good, that's a good great, call yeah lots of great music yeah, festivals i, I want to go overseas you know i haven't been overseas so that'd be that'd well be that's really what cool. i think it is like i think that sometimes it's the event and you like a springsteen you just had to see him, I'm guessing, Jeff. Like, yep. you, right? And sometimes I think it's the package of it, right? Like, yeah. you get the idea of like I can get a trip out of it. I might go somewhere I've never been before, and and then have a really good time. Like for me, when we were all my disposable income when I was younger and prior kids was doing things like that. Like the very first Heritage Classic, my brother and I hit the road because we thought it'd be the only time to see Wayne Gretzky play again. Of course, they've since had four million Heritage Classics, <laughs> so there's been that. But we, you know, we traveled to the Olympics. We've traveled to the states to watch hockey. Like if there's an event and we happen to have the means to do it like our family yeah. we just love doing those kinds of things but it's really more about I have, I can't think of a thing I need to see it's really more about oh what a good excuse for us all to get on a plane and, and be together well believe it or not Kelly there are a couple of sportsing events I'd like to, to travel to take in the I Masters mean, would have to be one of them no actually no I, no, I don't know that I, I, I would be too sad to be at the golf course and not playing on the Come golf on. course. Come on, you couldn't just <laughs> soak up the joy of watching all those. No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't like they watching. let the public go on there after the, everyone else finishes their round? No. No, no. <laughs> yeah, like I once went, I had to go to a wedding once that was at Pine Ridge, and I was just looking around at the course thinking, you know, I'm happy to be here for this wedding, but I'd much rather be doing what that guy's <laughs> doing over there. But, so what uh, would you do? I'd like to take in some March Madness, some college basketball. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the second one actually is also American college sports. I'd like to go to a an American college football game yeah. with my dad. He loves right. college football. Maybe somewhere like Nebraska. I, once yeah. heard, I heard somebody recently saying, who goes to Nebraska? Well, I actually know a couple of guys who go to Nebraska all the time because they're huge Cornhuskers fans. And that's, you know, heartland of America. Could you, drive, you could drive there, no problem, oh, right? Yeah. Like, that would be Quite a easily. couple days? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, a lengthy drive, but it can be done. And, uh, yeah, that something like that, I would travel to do that. But I already have traveled 
to Houston on April 1st, 2001 for WrestleMania X7. And uh, as a wrestling fan, that was the pinnacle. It's still viewed as the best one, so I was really lucky. Brett wins. (laughs) And I won that trip through a contest with Power 97 before I started working here. Uh, And you can't can't say the fix was in because you weren't working here yet. No, it was uh, three years. I had to... to, I, I got off the bus. I was listening to uh, BJ and Hal, and I was uh, I got off the bus and left a voicemail. Like I called their knob line. I think they called it yeah. uh, from a payphone at, on Graham and Carlton, <laughs> and they did an impression of Hulk Hogan, and that got me into the contest. And then I had to show up, and I won. And uh, yeah, so I got to go to WrestleMania. So we all got to do some stuff. Ron, would you ever? Is there another musical act? To I would travel? fly to go see Bruce Springsteen again. Again? Yeah. And do you have a like? What did you pay for the ticket? I'm curious. The last uh, time it was 15 years ago, and it was 130 dollars, oh, wow. and it was the, about the worst seats in the saddle dome. <laughs> so, do you have a limit on what you'd pay for that? For Bruce? Yeah. No. So, if it's thousand dollars, I would give up the finger I use the least, and <laughs> the toe I use third most, not the oh, big toes. So committed to the boss. Yeah. Good lord. He's earned it. He deserves it. You and Jordy Douglas would get along fine. I think he's seen him sixteen times. Oh, lots of I'm. Every other Bruce Springsteen fan has seen him many times. I'm the only one who's ever only seen him once. Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Loren McNabb. Greg Mackling is in Finland. Winnipeg Jets taking on the Florida Panthers at one o'clock this afternoon, and he bumped into. A fan of the Winnipeg Jets from England, from, I believe he said Newcastle, England. His name is Ben Gray. Here's that conversation that they had, by the sounds of it, in a pub. I watched a a documentary on Jets coming back, obviously, second time. And it was just amazing how, see how it affected the whole city, fans flooding the streets, season tickets being sold out in in minutes. And I I took that amazing I, I just thought it was unreal how much it meant to these people that their team was coming back i never thought a team would mean so much to a city and and how that city lives since then big jets fan i always wanted to go to a game didn't think it would happen so soon uh, obviously it was announced that we would play florida in this series late last year and as soon as that was announced i was had to get the tickets 100 percent had Two laptops, tablets, phones open on the website, trying to get tickets. Got them for the Friday game, and I can't wait. So you were telling me earlier that the NHL is quite popular amongst your friends, so everybody has to sort of pick a team, and this is how you... And you're in university, what are you doing there? Uh, Forensic Science. I took them to a game, a local game, Elite League, Nottingham Panthers. Amazing game, it was 4-3, came from 3-1 down. And after that, they were all taken on board, wanted to watch games and made them watch the Arizona game a couple of weeks ago, early game rather than a a a 1am start 9 o'clock start in the UK so made them watch that it was a bit of a back and forth game and they loved it again and they're all starting to pick their own team, following teams on social media a couple of Jets fans and it's it's a really good sport to follow it's it's intense and a lot of people don't aren't aware of how good a sport it is and it's it's infectious it's amazing how it just spreads you think it'll be uh, emotional for you to see the team in person on Friday night definitely yeah. uh, it's a big difference from watching them on TV to uh, an in-person favorite player Adam Lowry uh, works hard doesn't get all the points 
like goals, line A, wheelers, points, but works hard, grinds, and without him and his line, we would never have got to where we got to last season. This is pretty cool. This guy watches a documentary on the Winnipeg Jets, and now he's a Jets fan. And to hear the emotion about how he was struggling to get his hands on a ticket to go watch the Jets. I mean, this is a guy who lives in Newcastle, England, but he kept call, saying, when we did this, when we, referring right. to the... Because he's a Winnipegger or a Jets yeah. fan. At least. You know, I think so cool, too, that he gets to see it in Finland because Greg was talking to us about how apparently once the the games get underway, they're pretty reserved outside the rink, but that it's going to be pretty raucous in there today and the, the, the environment's going to be really cool. So if he can't get to North America... At least he's watching this game in a country that loves his hockey as much as we do. Yeah, so if you want to read about that, I'm just going to put a link to this particular story from cjob.com on the 680CJOB Instagram story where you can read more about it and see what Ben looks like. And Greg, thank you for sending us that audio. And we're going to hear uh, more from Greg uh, later on. This Oh, no. Are we hearing more from Greg? Probably not today, but we'll hear more from Greg tomorrow. As he's going to have to give us a report on the game. And if you want to watch the game, if you want to duck out of work early, you can go do so with our friends at One Great City, just over on Ness in Madison Square, right off St. James. And while you're there, try the Power 97 Pale Ale. <laughs> Question of the day at cjob.com is brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Have the new distracted driving laws in effect today caused you to put your phone away? 75% say, yep, I won't touch my phone anymore while driving, while 25% say, nope, catch me if you can, coppers. Again, brought to you by Credit Aid and Loren. We're talking about distracted driving right now. Yeah, and it's a big big topic today. November 1st is, of course, the day these new penalties go into effect. They include a 600 plus dollar fine, five demerits, and an instant, well, not instant, a 24-hour reprieve before you get that three-day temporary license suspension if caught using your cell phone behind the wheel. And this has been a, a big thing for Len Easto, Len Easto, who, of course, runs Traffic Ticket Experts because you've helped fight. How many tickets like this in the past year? Past year, uh, 550 tickets altogether for just cell phone use. And how many of those uh, resulted in a conviction or or had were thrown out? Well, Approximately 209 were, were dismissed completely or stayed, so they were just gone. Now, that means it, under this new legislation that those 209 people uh, would have received a three-day suspension, and then later their ticket was thrown out and without any recourse to that three-day suspension. So what happens now then if you are pulled over and this happens to you where you get the su- suspension, do you have any recourse? No. No, they'll be handing you the documentation for a three-day suspension, taking your driver's license, and giving you a temporary permit for that 24 or so hours before the suspension of three days begins, uh, and that's it. That's final. Uh, you begin that three-day suspension and serve it before that ticket can even be dealt with. The police officer we were speaking with yesterday had said, you know, the law goes through provincial officials' hands, lawyers take a look at it to see if they can get they can do this, first of all, and that he thinks there's precedent out there because licenses are taken uh, perhaps in a, an impaired driving situation or a car might be taken eventually. And so the, the sense is that this is perfectly fine. But some of our listeners have written in and said, well, now I'm guilty 
you've, you've just rendered me guilty before I have ever to have a chance to fight it in court. Do you think this is going to stand the legal test in court? I heard that interview and, and uh, I'm not sure where it's going to go that way. Uh, but that interview doesn't take into account what the inspector said, doesn't take into account that under that uh, alcohol-related uh, suspension, there is a device that's used to test it. And so there's some confirmation other than just a visual observation of the officer. In this case, with cell phones, it's just that visual observation. And that eyewitness testimony is fallible. It's not as as correct as one that's tested by that device with the alcohol-related one. What about CB radios, truck drivers having used CB radios? Does that count? Yeah, the, the microphones are still okay. You can use those. That's not uh, included in this legislation. Couple, well, go ahead. Cabbies, you know, all the, all the equipment in front of a cabbie, they're, they've got their computers and their GPS and all that stuff. Does that count? All of those things that, that are in the, the taxis uh, create problems. There's no doubt about that for... Uh, the officers looking in, if the cab, is, the driver is busy doing something, it can look like he's on a cell phone. And I've had that case as well, where a, a taxi driver has been charged with a cell phone use, when in fact it was just him doing the things that as a taxi driver in his vehicle he has to do. Um, and some of those have been actually still found guilty, and some have not. Uh, so it's it is... All that eyewitness testimony, and it's not always correct. Not always. Certainly the majority of the time it is. We, uh, do you agree? You were a former police officer, and you've seen changes on, on the road, I'm sure. And, and given the numbers we're seeing, the numbers that the MPI uses, that the province uses, that the police use, a uh, threefold increase in crashes for distracted driving or under distracted driving. Do you agree that something needs to be done to crack down on cell phone use while driving? Oh, certainly. Cell phone use, we're all addicted to it. There's no doubt about it. It's much safer the cell phone is in that bracket where it's supposed to be or tucked away where we're not using it. Uh, we don't need to have that, and, and definitely it's a, it's a concern. But we need to also differentiate between distracted driving and all of the things that that encompasses uh, and, and cell phone use. The cell phone is one part of that only. And the government is selling all of this legislation and this three-day suspension, lumping all of the, the things about distracted driving together, which can be putting makeup on, anything, eating a sandwich. That to them is all distracted driving. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about cell phone use and that specific legislation, not distracted driving. So let's go through this. If I'm on my phone, obviously it's distracted driving, but it could be you've seen cases where you said looking in the lap or having just moved that cell phone from one spot to another. Uh, there's all sorts of ways an officer can say that's still you distracted. Absolutely, but it's not. We need to get to the right term. And in my opinion, it's a cell phone ticket. It's a cell phone use. It's not distracted driving. It's a cell phone. That's the legislation we're talking about. And if you get pulled over... We had a listener text yesterday saying they, that a friend of theirs got pulled over for changing a CD, but the officer thought that they were using their cell phone and they got a ticket and they ended up having to go to court. So if I get pulled over and I'm fumbling with my wallet or whatever, anything but my cell phone, but the officer says, no, you were looking at your lap, you were on your phone, here's your ticket, I, 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 I have no choice but to swallow it? Well, you have no choice but to swallow the three-day suspension that we now have in place. But when it comes to challenging the ticket, you still have all of those rights to do it. But you don't have the right to get away with that three-day suspension. 
Well, That's going to be automatic. What proof then is required in court to say, no, hang on, I, I absolutely was not on my cell phone for that acquittal, so to speak, or having that charge stayed? Well, you have to be able to convince the, the, the judicial justice of the piece who's hearing the case that there is some reasonable doubt here, whatever that evidence is for whatever judge is hearing it or judicial justice of the piece. Is that suspension still on the record? That suspension stays there. Even, even if it's tossed out? Even if it's tossed out, that suspension will be there. Lenny it doesn't change. Len Easto is with Traffic Ticket Experts, and thank you very much for joining us, Len. I know our listeners are always very appreciative uh, when you come in and answer their questions on this uh, because this is going to be a confusing matter for many for, I think, a long time to come. So uh, we appreciate the access as always. Always happy to be here. Thanks. Churchill finally has a train rolling up to its doorstep. You know, uh, the one good thing for me out of this whole story of their saga up there in Churchill, and I think for many Canadians, is that you really got to see the heart of a community over the last year and a half while they've put pressure on governments for help, put pressure on Omnitracks to do something to fix that track. A lot of people left town, people left the schools, they couldn't afford to stay because the cost of living skyrocketed after the tracks washed out in May 2017. And then there was a month-long saga just to get something done there. And finally, when that new group took over in August, Arctic Railway Group, it's sort of a consortium of railway owners, they got the job done in two months. And so last night, a train finally, for the first time in just over 17 months, rolled into Churchill. Patricia Kenduran has done a great job of speaking to us many times over the last year and a half. And I just got off the phone with her moments ago to find out where she was. I want to start by asking, where were you? Did you know the train was coming or did you just hear that uh, sound coming into town and that whistle? I had no clue, actually. Last night being Halloween, my husband and I volunteered to do fair patrol. Um, Every Halloween, community members, RCMP, EMS, fire department, rangers, all have uh, manned points on the outskirts of town so our kids can trick-or-treat safely. And that's where we were. We were um, parked by the church by our house and... I was just looking through Facebook and I saw my sister's post that there was a train coming and another post popped up that there was a train coming and then my husband Dimitri says, "Are you seeing all these posts on Facebook? There's a train there's a train coming." And I was like, "Holy man, I can't believe this." So, I wasn't far from home, so I went and got my truck and I said, "I'll be back in a bit." I said, "You can watch for bears." <laughs> for about 20 minutes by yourself and uh, I got to go to the station. I got to, I got to confirm this. You know, it's, it's just a train, but it's not just a train for your community. And we all know that we've been hearing about the concerns there for 18 months. And so to turn around the corner and, and hear that sound and see that train finally there, what was going through your head, Patricia? It, it was so exciting. Like when I went there, my heart was just pounding from the sound of those engines. You know, growing up in Churchill, you hear those yard engines all summer um, when the freight trains are here. And to not hear that for the last 17 months is like deafening. It's a deafening silence. Um, And then to to hear, I think there was four engines and two flatbeds. I, I really can't remember. And I really don't care. It was a train. It was a train that came through. Um, just listening to them, like standing there listening to them, it was my, 
it was just vibrating through my body. Uh, you know, I was I was so excited. Uh, you know, it it was such a happy time. There were people hugging. There were people crying. You know, kids uh, left trick or treating to run to the train station and stare in awe at this train. Personally, for you and your family, what has not having that train around done to you and to your community for the past 18 months? Well, the the higher cost of food put a lot of people in debt. Um, Yourself included, included. Oh, yes, us included. I mean, we're trying to put a daughter through university um, and to pay the, the extra cost in not only food, but fuel for our truck, um, propane, the propane that had to be brought in, stuff like that. Um, it, it put a lot of people in debt, including us. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just climbing out of that hole now. Um, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was rough, so really t- rough. So today I know a celebration of sorts. I know the Prime Minister is uh, on his way there, landing in a couple of hours. I know a party is planned. Are you, f- are you feeling celebratory, or do you have a few questions for the Prime Minister in terms of it took a long time to, g- to get some money flowing, to get this deal done, to get a new buyer? Is there a, is there a bit of frustration today at all, Patricia? There is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, that it happened, um, but... To me, our real heroes are those guys that were out there working on those tracks 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week for two weeks straight to, to give us our, our lifeline back, to give us our freedom back. Well, I can hear it in your voice. I know you've had a long night, and it's been a tiring one, but an exciting one. And I hope in the midst of all of this today, you guys have a, have some time to say, you know what? You did it. You kept the pressure on, Patricia, I think, and that's made a huge difference for people who heard your yeah. story right across this country. I had a hard time sleeping last night. Um, I woke up at, what, 4 in the morning to go to the washroom, and I, you know, checked Facebook again, like, was I dreaming last night? Like, <laughs> did I have too much candy or what? <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it wasn't a dream there. I came out of the house this morning and I could hear the engine. And, you know, it, it's real. Like, the town is a buzz this morning. Um, the streets last night, everyone was, you know, hollering and screaming, celebrating. It, it, it's amazing. Once again, that was Patricia Kanduran in conversation with Loren McNabb. She is a resident in Churchill who was on bear patrol last night while the kids were trick-or-treating, and she heard the train coming in and had to hand off bear patrol so she could go witness the arrival of the first train in well over a year. And the Prime Minister is going to be in Churchill making an announcement at 10 o'clock. Got an interesting text here, Loren, from Jeanette. Yeah, she's writing to say, can someone please explain to me and the rest of your listeners what Justin Trudeau has done to feel that he warrants showing up in Churchill today for the first running of the trains in over 16 months? And I I think that... It's a fair question in some ways. Uh, The federal government did step up and put $75 million into the port and a bit for this rail line. But uh, there was questions to the provincial government and to the federal government for well over a year. Is anyone going to step in to help after Omnitrax repeatedly said, we can't do this. We're not going to fix this line. And then I think there's questions for Omnitrax. I mean, they're out of the picture now. They're no longer part of Churchill or the port. But they said it was going to take months to get that job done, that it was going to cost 60, 70, 80 million dollars. Well, the cost was lower 
And that job was done in what, six, seven weeks, Brett? Yeah, it was quick. And I know that a lot of people don't want the government uh, looking after everything. They don't want government involvement in all things. But in this case, government's job, at least on the, on the most basic level, to me, it seems like the government's job is to take care of its people and the provincial government and the federal government squabbling over this for so long. Meanwhile, this community is left in the lurch for what was a very quick repair job. A very quick repair job. And people forget, and it needs to be said so many times, like there's communities in this province that don't have the road access, right? And so trains are incredibly important. Those winter roads might be crucial to them in, an, in a different area. Otherwise, they were relying on highly expensive flights. So Patricia just said they were in debt, that many community, many people in that town have gone into debt just waiting for that train to fire back up because the cost of goods has been so exponentially high. Uh, and it's already high up there before the, the goods were getting yeah. there by train, but then they didn't have that train. And so what a frustrating 18 months that has been. I'm curious to see what reaction Prime Minister Trudeau gets when he lands there today because, yeah, they, they did pitch in and they did push for change there. But um, I don't know. That, that, that was a long wait. It took a long time, and Global Winnipeg is there. They will be there when the Prime Minister makes his announcement, which is scheduled for 10 o'clock, so that means it'll probably start at 10.15 or, <laughs> you know, whenever he's done fixing yeah, his hair. and I'm not really sure if there's an announcement there or if it really is just, well done, here we are. Yeah, maybe he'll be wearing a cape, you know, kind of stand like Superman. You know, he's already got, I mean, he does have the nice sort of superheroic hair, so. Well, as Patricia said, the real heroes here are the people who stepped in and fixed that line and got the job done, and so she said it perfectly. Yesterday, we talked about Pine Ridge Hollow being named one of Canada's top 50 restaurants with vegetarian options. I'm going, by the way. Yeah, as you should. I'm going to go, by the way. I made a reservation for Saturday, and if you follow me on Instagram at Brett McGarry, you can help me decide what to eat because I've narrowed it down to a breakfast option and a lunch option, so I'm asking for you to weigh in. Can you tell me what they are? One of them Uh, is uh, the Oak Bank Eggs Benedict, I mm -hmm. believe. Here, let me just pull it up. And the other one is uh, beef, and I always say this word wrong. Is it chorizo? Or Corzo? I think it's Chorizo. I think it's Chorizo. I always say, because I, I first said Carrizo, and that's I was told that's wrong. And then I said Chorizo, and nope, that's wrong. I think it's Chorizo. But I used to say Focaccia, if that makes you feel better. I, used, I said that too the first time I asked. I said, is this uh, Focaccia? And the person I was with said, no, it's Focaccia. It's Focaccia. I know. Yeah. Uh, so option A is the Oak Bank Benny, English-style muffins topped with nature's farm eggs, Oak Knoll farm ham, and a pesto cream sauce. That's what really got my attention. And then option B is the beef and chorizo burger. Uh, blend of beef and Timothy's chorizo served on a Gunn's Bakery brioche mm, bun. So very good. They both sound good. I can't decide, so you can help me decide. So on the heels of that discussion about restaurants with vegetarian options, today is World Vegan Day, and Winnipeg chef and filmmaker has launched a Kickstarter campaign to open Winnipeg's first raw vegan fast food restaurant. Her name is Dana Giesbrecht. I spoke with her yesterday, and I started by asking, for those who don't quite know, what exactly is a vegan? So a vegan is someone who does not eat meat or dairy or fish or any animal products. Uh, Vegans' diets are primarily made up of vegetables and fruits, nuts and seeds, legumes, lots of 
smoothies and juices, big salads, and even vegan burgers. We've seen a huge surge in popularity with vegan food, even thanks to the Beyond Burger, that a lot of people who have never tried vegan food before are realizing that it tastes really, really good when it's well done and well made. Are vegan options available in most restaurants, or is it a problem? You know what? It's been such a great thing to see that as well. Even Earl's just came out with an entirely plant-based menu. So veganism isn't just a trend in food. It's going mainstream more now than ever. Uh, And we're seeing more restaurants and more fast food restaurants offer some vegan options, which has been really great. What led you to become a vegan? Uh, In 2016, I released a documentary called I Like It Raw, Raw Veganism in Beef Country. Uh, I had become really interested in plant-based food and vegan food because as a teenager and in my early 20s, I suffered from some eating disorders that really took over my life for a while. Uh, And it, it came down to having too much sugar and too much processed food in my diet and just really not being able to control my eating habits. But when I found out more about vegan food and educated myself on nutrition, got really interested in the vitamins and minerals and all the different enzymes in our food that are so important for optimal health, then I I really wanted to share that message with the world. And that's why I produced the I Like It Raw documentary. Your eating disorders, how difficult were those to overcome? Like any uh, disorder with food, whether you're obsessively overeating or compulsively overeating or you're undereating, it it can take over your life for a little while. So a lot of the time people suffer with these eating disorders behind closed doors. Maybe only very close friends and family will know. But a lot of the time you, you don't talk about it and you don't even let people know that this part of your life is Uh, really, really taking over your mental health sometimes. So this restaurant that you're looking to open in Winnipeg, the first raw slash vegan fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. How fast would this food be? We live in a fast-paced world, and that was really what I was going for when I wanted to open a restaurant concept, was that I wanted food to be fast and quick, and delicious more than anything so that it's not another sit-down restaurant. It's something that you can grab and go. Uh, So as fast as fast can be. What would separate this, other than the speed, what would separate this Mm -hmm. restaurant from other vegan restaurants that do already exist in the city of Winnipeg? Yeah, so there are a couple options, and I'm a huge proponent of uh, supporting local restaurants. We have Boone Burger and Circle Kitchen, Stella's has some great vegan options, uh, and Green Carrot Juice Company does great food and juices as well. What would make I Like It Raw different is that most of our menu uh, options are 100% raw vegan. So no processed foods at all, no meat, no dairy, nothing with GMO modified foods, no oil, and no processed sugar. So imagine eating food that is so healthy You can't understand why it tastes so good. And these options do exist in other major Canadian cities like Toronto, Montreal, even uh, Vancouver has a pretty great raw vegan scene. 
but we have nothing like this in Winnipeg, and I think it's time to change that. Well, what kind of food uh, would you serve? Like, for example, uh, one of the dishes for the restaurant, I understand, would be called the Buddha Bowl. Buddha Bowls are big, bright, beautiful salads that are loaded with ingredients. One of my biggest complaints about going to restaurants, uh, like fine dining or fast casual restaurants, is you're spending 15 to $20 on a salad that maybe has a couple blueberries and maybe a walnut or two. But besides that, um, you're really not getting much in your salad. So Buddha bowls are packed with ingredients, uh, chickpeas and lentils and beans, uh, walnuts, cashews, macadamia nuts, pecans, edamame beans, spiralized vegetables, fruit, superfoods, and really, really amazing, delicious, rich dressings. Why do you think so many people are making the switch to to vegetarian and vegan diets? Yeah, there's been some really interesting stats that have come out recently. There's been a 600% increase in people identifying as vegans in North America in the last three years alone. I think a lot of it comes down to more education. The internet is a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips if we want to learn anything about food, about nutrition, about the environmental impact of meat or dairy. We can find that out really quickly by doing a Google search. That is Dana Giesbrecht. She's launched a Kickstarter campaign. She wants to open Winnipeg's first ever raw vegan fast food restaurant. You can find more info on Dana and the Kickstarter campaign at ilikeitraw.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at The Raw Mermaid. And just very quickly, she mentioned the Beyond Burger, which you can get at A&W. We also mentioned, I think the first place that got their hands on it was the Half Moon over mm-hmm. in Lockport. I tried it at A&W. Uh, I went to the Half Moon. My girlfriend wanted to try it. I, I, I can't go to the Half Moon and not have a hot dog. Right. Canada's best hot dog. But uh, it looked really good at the Half Moon. But the A&W one, I liked it. And had you not told me, or if I didn't know it was not meat, I don't think I would have known. I think we're really, uh, I think we've come a long way because even my, myself included, if you had said, here's a vegan option or vegetarian option, I probably would have rolled my eyes like, why? Like, I just give me some meat. Yeah. But you're right. If I didn't know it and you put it on the plate, delicious. Yeah. Try it. It can't hurt to try it. Well, I mean, tofu. No, okay. That <laughs> I can, hurts. Sorry. I can do without tofu. I can do without tofu. I Agreed. tried it, but it's like eating a sponge. Uh, but I salute those who can put it down. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.